two verses of Scripture. Uh, Those verses of Scripture are there in our bulletin for today, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. Um, We've been considering Christ as our Redeemer, the offices of Christ as prophet, priest, and king. Last week, Christ our prophet. This week, uh, Christ our great high priest. Hear God's word, Hebrews 9, 11, and 12. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, um, we praise and thank you that we can uh, celebrate not, not just a day, not just Christmas Day, But every Sunday, every Lord's Day, we celebrate the life, the death, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving to us your Holy Spirit as a sign and seal of our salvation. Thank you for giving to us your your Holy Word. Lord, thank you. Uh, for forgiveness of sins. Lord, we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And yet your word tells us patiently, perseveringly, teaches us that that you so loved the world uh, that that you gave uh, your one and only Son, Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you not only for his humble birth, his holy life, but we thank you, uh, Lord, for his death on the cross of Calvary. Lord, we thank you um, for the hope of glory. Thank you for the privilege of prayer, Lord, and we continue to pray Uh, For this, your church, Lord, pray for one another, for your healing hand upon those who are sick and recovering from surgery. Pray for those who are facing surgery. Pray for Susan Sunbuckner, scheduled surgery tomorrow. Lord, we uh, pray for those who will be traveling during these weeks. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling in this season of the year. Those who have gone through, um, are going through grief and loss and sorrow, Lord, 
pray that you would comfort them, that they would know that you are a God who is with them. Lord, we continue to, to pray for our country and pray as well even for our newly elected mayor here in Opelousas. Lord, pray that our leaders would lead uh, with a, a knowledge of God. They would rule in fear of God, knowing that you are a just, righteous, holy God. We pray, Father God, for our missionaries as well. Uh, in these days and weeks, we uh, do pray especially for Josh and Vanya Thomas and family as they are being used of you to plant a multicultural, multilingual church there in Germany, uh, largely with Turkish refugees, Lord, and others who have fled even from the Ukraine. Lord, pray that you would strengthen them and use them to, to be a, a bright light for Christ there in the center of town. Lord, we, we pray um, that we as your people uh, would be used of you, Lord, uh, to be your gospel witnesses. Lord, thank you even for the... Um, for your presence with us at the parade on Thursday, Lord. I pray that we would be um, your witnesses in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. Uh, Lord, out in the community, um, with family as they gather, Lord, uh, I pray um, that each one of us, Lord, would be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. But Lord, most of all this morning, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior of sinners, our great high priest, our, our mediator. And we give you praise always in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, for this morning's worship service, um, we have followed the gospel liturgy uh, first used on uh, December the 24th, 1880 in Truro, England. You know, in, in this service of lessons and carols, we, we read nine scriptures that speak of the prophecies concerning the coming birth of Christ our Messiah. Uh, we start with the gospel message even there in Genesis uh, 3.15 that Christina read for us, where God tells the serpent, Satan himself, I, that is God, will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He, that is the offspring of the woman, the seed of the woman, which is Christ, shall bruise your head, and he and you shall bruise his heel. You know, along with reading uh, these scriptures, we sing Christmas hymns that speak of our Savior's humble birth, his sinless life, and his sacrificial death on the cross. You know, these, these Christmas hymns are rich uh, with gospel theology. Hear that third verse again of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It's there in our bulletin. Hail, 
the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail, the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. This morning we'll be looking at just two verses of scripture here for, for just a moment, a few minutes. Hear them again. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Now here we see that Christ, our great high priest, came to eternally redeem us from our sin. And how did Christ, our great high priest, eternally redeem us from sin? And and in these two verses, uh, three Brief biblical truths, we see redemption titles for Christ, then redemption truths about Christ, and finally a redemption treasure. We begin with the redemption titles for Christ. If you read through uh, this sermon of Hebrews, you would see that in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, through Hebrews 10, verse 18, Uh, It speaks of the superior priestly ministry of Christ. You know, his superior ministry because of the covenant, because of the sanctuary and his sacrifice. Here he is called high priest, a a great high priest. You know, what's a priest? You know, it's God's mighty and merciful mediator for sinful mankind as they come before a holy God. You read through scripture, you see Melchizedek that we read about there in Genesis 14, then Aaron in the book of Exodus, Eli, 1 Samuel chapter 1, or consider as well the, the priest during Jesus' life, Caiaphas. No, but references to Christ as our great high priest saturate uh, this book of Hebrews, this sermon of Hebrews. And we're just getting a, a glimpse of it here into these two brief verses. Uh, one commentator, Simon Kistemacher, said about these verses, there are two verses, but one beautifully constructed and balanced sentence. Jesus Christ, our high priest, his work of offering sacrifice for sin, but his work of offering himself as a sacrifice for sin. He entered into the Holy of Holies so that we too might enter into the Holy of Holies, into heaven itself one day by his grace. You know, look there at at verse 11. But when Christ appeared 
King James translates it, but Christ being come. You know, that speaks of the first advent of Christ. You know, as a prophesied baby who was born in a, ba- in a manger in Bethlehem, we saw the prophecy there in Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 5, that Joseph read for us this morning. You know, Christ came. Again, one Bible commentator, John Owen, in his classic work on Hebrews, put it this way about Christ coming. It indicated the accomplishment of God's promise in sending and manifesting Christ in the flesh. Now, so there is the first title, you know, that that title of Christ. For Jesus, he is the the Messiah. You know, remember Peter's confession of Christ. You know, Jesus asked the question, you know, who do you say that I am? And what was Peter's confession, his statement about Christ? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. So that is one title for Christ. The other title for Christ is. He is the high priest, the great high priest. Again, from verse 11, but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that that have come. You might have a different translation. I believe this is uh, the best understanding here. This verse now speaks of the blessing of Christ's first coming as high priest. You know, one of the good things that that we enjoy, are privileged to enjoy because of Christ's first coming is forgiveness of sins. You know, you, you think of, of how that ministry of forgiveness was at the heart of Christ's life here on earth. Jesus forgave the sins of the paralytic you know, who was lowered down from that hole in the roof. Forgiveness of sins was more important than healing. Jesus forgave the sins of the lame man there at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus forgave the sins of the sinful woman who anointed his feet with her ointment and tears. You know, the the good things that have come already... We enjoy forgiveness of sins in Christ. You know, but he goes on there. The good things that have come then through the greater and more perfect tent. A challenging portion of scripture, but again, the best biblical way of understanding this tent in Hebrews 9.11 is to view it as Christ's earthly body. John Calvin helps us here. He writes, quote, The body of Christ is the greater and more perfect tabernacle. The word sanctuary is fitly and suitably applied to the body of Christ, for it is the temple in which the whole majesty of God dwells. And and you look again, remember that Christ's body was not made with hands, 
Rather, he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and, yes, born in the womb of the Virgin Mary. No, since Christ is now that greater and more perfect tabernacle, you know, we as Christians can enjoy full and free access to God through faith in Christ, our, our mediator. You know, so, so two redemption titles there for, for Christ. Christ, the, the Messiah, the promised one, and then high priest as well. We've been using the the shorter catechism as a guide in this and there in your bulletin at the bottom of of the announcement page, Westminster Shorter Catechism 25. How doth Christ execute the office of a priest? It tells us Christ executeth the office of a priest in his once offering up of himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice and reconcile us to God and in making continual intercession for us. You know, so four gospel promises are are detailed for us there. You know, even in that shorter catechism question and answer, you know, that Christ offered up himself a sacrifice for sin. More on that in a moment. Secondly, he satisfied God's divine justice. Third, he reconciled us to God. We were rebels, and he reconciled us to God, and he makes continual intercession for us. Christ is even doing that now in glory as our great high priest. A redemption titles for Christ, but... Now look at verse 12, redemption truths about Christ, our great priest. New American Standard um, follows uh, the Greek uh, more closely in verse 12. Let me read it for us. And not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So the first redemption truth is the sacrificial work of Christ, our great high priest. You know, if you read through the Old Testament, I encourage you to do that. We have some Bible reading guides on the back table for, for 2023. But if you go through the book of Leviticus, you'll come to Leviticus 16, talks about the, the day of atonement when the priest would offer sacrifice of animals uh, for his own sins, for the sins of Israel, and then he would carry that blood of animals uh, so that he might enter into the Holy of Holies. the, The struggle, though, was this. These blood sacrifices needed to be made every year before that high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies with the blood. You know, the blood of goats and calves. You know, the goat was provided for the sacrificial offering of the people and the calf for the sacrifice offered by the high priest for himself and his household. Both were required, you know, for Israel's redemption. 
Now that, that word redemption, we'll, we'll see it there right at the very end of verse 12. But one definition of redemption, again from John Owen, he writes this, quote, All redemption assumes a state of slavery, delivering people out of slavery by paying a valuable ransom. You know, we were slaves to sin. You know, dead in our trespasses and sins. And, and it is Christ and only Christ that can redeem us. You know, by his sacrificial work, but by his sacrificial blood as well. He, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves. And, and see this, hear this, but by means of his own blood. You know, Jesus, our our great priest, did not provide forgiveness of sins by the sacrifice of animals, goats, calves, sheep, doves, uh, whatever animal it might be, bulls, you know, but, but by his own blood. You know, certainly, though, consider this, that he did not need to offer up a sacrifice for his sins. For as the Son of God and Savior of sinners, he was sinless. You know, he was tempted in all ways as we are, and yet was without sin. You know, Christians can rejoice at at Advent, Resurrection Sunday, every Sunday, every day, you know, because we have been redeemed by the blood of Christ shed for our sins on the cross of Calvary. There at the cross, Jesus fully bore the holy, the wrath of a holy God. Christ fully paid the price for our redemption by his atoning blood. And look there again at verse 12. He entered once for all into the holy places. Not, not that Christ literally entered into the Holy of Holies there in the temple in Jerusalem, but here it's speaking of heaven. You know, he he entered into the presence of a holy God, his heavenly Father, our Father. You know, Jesus, the Son of God, you know, is our Redeemer so that we too could enter into the Holy of Holies. You know, at communion, we celebrate Christ's full and final sacrifice for the sins of his chosen children. Came across this quote by Reverend Steve Lawson this week, a great reform preacher. He wrote, every sin of the world will be fully punished, either in the unbeliever in hell or in Christ upon the cross. Now Christ has redeemed us from our sins. Now during Advent season, uh, we do our best to sing every Christmas hymn. Glad this year that we actually have five Sundays. As you know, Christmas is on a Sunday this year, and I'll announce this. A few times, yes, we are having church on 
Christmas. No Sunday school, uh, but church, 10.30 a.m. You know, what better day uh, to gather uh, to, to praise the Lord? Back to the Christmas hymns, but one of the nine hymns that we sang this morning was O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Some question about the date, originally written in Latin, most place it in the 12th century, so 1100. We've been singing it for over a thousand years then. You know, but one of the verses, each of the verses speaks of an Old Testament title of Christ, and the third verse reads this way, O come thou rod of Jesse. The rod of Jesse, Jesus, was the descendant of David. David's father was Jesse. O come thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. You know, there, there's a yearning for Christ. It's called an antiphonal hymn, you know, O come. You're, you're to sing it with a, a longing, you know, a, a desire in your, in your heart. You know, then it was for the first coming of Christ, but we pray this, we sing this, you know, in, in light of Christ's second coming. You know, but three pleas, three requests, just in that one verse, Lord, free us from Satan's tyranny. Secondly, from depths of hell thy people save. That's what Christ is doing us, saving us from an eternity in, in hell apart from God, giving us assurance of our salvation in Christ. And finally, give them victory or the grave. You know, we, we have that victory even here and now. We need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save. You know, at Christmas, we praise the Lord for sending the Christ child. You know, Galatians 4, 4 to 5 puts it this way, born of a virgin, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. Redemption titles for Christ. Redemption truths about Christ. Finally, a redemption treasure about Christ. Here I believe it's uh, the, the writer of Hebrews uh, saving the best for last, thus securing an eternal redemption. Only Christ could redeem us as hell-bound sinners. You know, redeem his great and gracious deliverance from bondage to sin. You know, think of Lazarus, dead for three days in, in the tomb. You know, and what did Jesus do? He, he wept, but he as well called Lazarus by name. And when Jesus calls you by name, you, you have no choice but to come to Christ. So Lazarus came out of the tomb. They removed his grave clothes, 
new clothes were put on them. Believe they those were the robes of righteousness. I believe Lazarus was saved even before his death. You know, but but he had these these resplendent garments. You know, and it's said that Christ did not come just to make redemption possible. Rather, he truly and totally redeemed us. Redemption by the powerful, precious, and purifying blood of Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 7 puts puts it this way. In him, in Christ, we we have, present tense, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Only Christ possessed that, that power to pay the price for our sins. And, and so we can call this a redemption treasure. But, but look again at that last phrase. And, and I, I praise God that it's included here in Hebrews 9.12, thus securing an eternal redemption. If you have your Bibles with it, with you underline that word eternal redemption you know redemption from our sins in this earthly life assurance of redemption of our sins on the day of our death you know that's where Christians often struggle eternal redemption we'll be rejoicing in our redemption you know, for all eternity, and it will never grow stale. We'll never be bored in heaven. You know, we'll never ask the question, well, what's next? Or what time is it? Don't think there will be watches in heaven, or iPhones, or Apple watches. We're not going to worry about the time. The joy of redemption will grow sweeter and sweeter for all eternity. I believe one of the words, not in scripture, that we're going to be saying frequently is the word wow. Man, I didn't understand uh, the, the depths of your love for us in Christ. You know, one of the decisions that I ponder in preparing for the service of lessons and carols, well, two questions. You know, is it a, a sermon or a message and, and try to shorten it a bit? But the other question is, do we celebrate communion? And do we celebrate communion every Lord's Day? And so why not on this Lord's Day? And I found confirmation of it this week was uh, going through Calvin's Institutes of uh, the Christian Religion. I came across this powerful quote, short one, worth uh, writing down remembering. The sole purpose of Christ's incarnation was our redemption. The sole purpose of Christ's incarnation was our redemption. You know, we, we rejoice in, in Christ's incarnation. You know, it, it's right and honoring to the Lord to uh, be joyful, to sing God's praises, to 
sing the Christmas carols and, and all of the great scripture that surrounds our Savior's birth. You know, but, but we should always do it in light of Christ's redemption. Christ's sacrificial death for our sins on the cross. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an an eternal redemption. Praise God. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we, we do praise you. that you have redeemed us in Christ. I pray that all here this morning, Father, know that assurance of salvation that comes by grace through faith in Christ, Christ completed work on the cross of Calvary. Lord, we praise you that the blood of Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Thank you for that assurance of eternal redemption in Christ, Lord. May this gospel truth and treasure, Lord, cause us to to be your gospel witnesses, in a sin-weary, fallen world all around us, Lord, may we point them to and proclaim the glorious gospel truth of Christ's death for our sins, his resurrection from the grave. May we always rejoice in Christ our Redeemer, in whose name we pray. Amen.